1: all delivered in as fast as 30 minutes with Kohl's on Instacart there's no such we can't fix visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders offer valid for a limited time ten dollar minimum order additional terms apply
2: waiting on a tax return hopefully it ends up in your hands fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30 percent in 2023 if you're in a bind this tax season LifeLock can help
3: Hi, welcome to The Marketplace. Uh, my name is Darrell Powell. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Coming up, Ghana's economy beat most analysts' forecasts, expanding by 4.2% in the first quarter of this year. We'll be hearing from the government statistician.
2: ...growth rate since the first quarter of 2014. We saw that the services sector, in terms of current terms, that is, its growth rate in the first quarter of 2023 is about twice the average over the same period.
3: Ghana leading the agenda for African cocoa producers to establish cocoa exchange on the continent to exercise some control over the pricing of the commodity.
4: Price have been detected at the New York market and then the London market. If you have, let's say, Accra or Lagos or Abidjan markets, you know, definitely we can have more sea.
3: on cocoa sector challenges as civil society organizations call for amendment to regulations and policies to make the industry more profitable. Thanks for being with us, everyone. Details coming up. the, US, the economy beat most analysts' forecasts, expanding by 4.2% in the first quarter of this year. This is compared with the 3.1% recorded during the same period. Now, according to uh, data from the Ghana statistical service, public administration, defense, and social security, health and social work, education, and information communication technology drove the growth rate. Once again, the services sector recorded the highest growth rate of 10.1%, Whilst industry contracted, as government statistician Professor Samuel addressed addressing the media a while ago.
2: Industry sector contracted by 3.2% in the first quarter of 2023. Comparing this to the average growth rate since the first quarter of 2014, we saw that the services sector, in terms of current terms, that is its growth rate in the first quarter of 2023, is about twice the average over the same period the average for the period quarter 1 2014 to quarter one, quarter 1 2023 was 4.8 compared to 10.1 that has been recorded for the first quarter of 2023 from the agriculture sector perspective we see a variation of 0.2 percentage point as the average for the period quarter 1 2014 to quarter 1 2023 stood at 4.6% related to 4.8 only for the first quarter of 2023 indicating a percentage point difference of 0.2%. The industry sector recorded a contraction of 3.2% with the average for the period quarter 1 2014 to quarter 1 2023 standing at 4.0 over the period. From an oil perspective and a non-oil perspective, from the non-oil perspective, we see a marked increase in the growth rate for the first quarter of 2023 relative to the average for the period quarter 1, 2014 to quarter 1, 2023. The average for the period quarter 1, 2014 to quarter 1, 2023 stood at 4.2%, indicating a 1.3 percentage point difference between the average 4.2% and the current growth rate from a non-oil perspective, which was 5.5%.
3: Well, that was uh, the government statistician, uh, uh, Professor Samuel Kopnenim, addressing the media, um, talking to us about the first quarter GDP estimates. Professor Peter Korte is Director of the Institute of Statistical Social and Economic Research. He joins us on Zoom with Reaction. Good afternoon to you. Uh, This is very significant, expansion by 4.2% in the first quarter, beating forecast by many analysts. Your analysis on the latest
5: numbers. Yes, uh, we've seen quite uh, a significant um, uh, growth of 4.2 percent, and even if you narrow down to non-all GDP, that grew by 5.5 percent uh, compared to 2.2 uh, percent uh, reported in the same period of 2022. So it tells you uh, things are gradually uh, improving, but but also one want us to be cautious in interpreting this. Uh, growth rates. We are saying that construction, for instance, declined by 6.0%. Manufacturing also declined by 2.5%. Hotels and restaurants declined. Uh, mining and power declined. These are critical sectors that generate the most jobs. So, yeah. if those sectors are not growing, then you know the implications on employment, implications on uh, livelihood. We saw that most of the growth was fueled well by uh, growth in services. The services sector talked And uh, aggric also did quite well with 4.3% growth while industry uh, declined by 3.2%. So again, it goes to emphasize the point, manufacturing and aggric are the key sectors that that should grow. Because they they employ a greater proportion of the labor force. If those are not growing, then it calls for concern. But I must say that uh, given what happened, the last quarter of 2022 and the first quarter of 2023, are periods that we saw some uncertainty, periods that we saw some challenges, significant challenges within the Ghanaian economy. Uh, for instance, in, in February 1st, water was increased um, by 8.3%, um, tariffs were increased, water 8.3%, efficiency 29.96%. So all of this falls into uh, manufacturing falling into the real sector activities. And that would have negative effects on its growth rate, so we are not surprised to see construction decline. We are not surprised to see manufacturing decline, hotel and restaurant also record negative growth rates. And and these uh,
3: determinants they hold constant um, with high utility tiles We've got uh, inflation and uptick in May. Uh, taxes are still there. It doesn't look like there's any good news uh, when it comes to how industry is going to fare in the next quarter, uh, given uh, seeing that these factors are still prevalent? Well, these are major
5: headwinds that the uh, industry, manufacturing industry, uh, construction, you know, the real sector is going to face. Um, but I must say uh, that this also comes with some uh, at the back of some credibility from the IMF program. So, given that there is some relative stability in the exchange rates, given that food production, we are in the season where food production will gradually pick up, as we've seen in the Greek, both in the Greek. So, I expect that um, despite the um, headwinds, there will also be some positives to tap from. The IMF program, the credibility that we see, the exchange rate stability, and the relative stability in inflation, Mm. All of this would help to mitigate the negative uh, challenges or the severe challenges we faced in the last quarter of 2022 and the first quarter of 2023.
3: I'm, I'm curious to know uh, what's happening in the services sector, uh, which contributed the, the largest growth rate, um, particularly the subsectors such as public administration, uh, defense, and social security, health, social work, education, ICT. Uh, what do you think is happening over there? Can you explain to our audience?
5: Well, this, these are all publicly funded uh, um, areas, so defense, uh, public administration. Uh, those are mostly public sector activities, and therefore, um, it's not a private sector activity. Um, it's perhaps due to some investment government has paid in, in the sector to spread this within those subsectors. Uh, but uh, I must say, these are not the traditional Services uh, sectors, sub-sector that we see fueling growth. In the past, it's been ICT, it's been uh, uh, financial services, and many others. Now, you don't find them, uh, those key areas driving the growth, is rather public administration, health, and other public services.
3: Right. And so, um... Let's, let's head back to the challenges facing industry and what the way forward is. Uh, we, we've talked about the stumbling blocks. We've talked about uh, the challenges. What can be done right now to get industry to uh, recover from the impact of economic challenges?
5: Well, well I think the, the, it's not just about retail reducing taxes. Um, some, some of the taxes, we have to look at them carefully. As we try to raise revenue, we rather have to be more efficient in our tax collection. So I wouldn't expect uh, further taxes. Then when it comes to utility tariffs, um, I I believe uh, there's work towards ensuring some efficiency within the sector, the losses and all that happening there. So that tariffs, we don't necessarily have to increase tariffs, rather, if we're able to collect the ones that are due to the utility companies um, that will help in maintaining tariffs rather than increasing tariffs. The um, industry of course would have to also um, critically assess uh, some of its cost pressures um, to ensure that um, it uses cost efficient means of production given all the challenges uh, we are facing. But I must say that the relative stability in the exchange rate and some tapering uh, of the rising inflation of living um, is a sure sign to industry to tap into this and, and ensure that it's able to grow um, as we move along. Well, what's your but also uh, um, add that you know growth spares further growth. So once we see growth of 4.2 percent, it means there will be further growth uh, once we invest from the returns from this growth. So uh, industry to Consider the prospects and invest in strategic areas to spare further growth.
3: Forward. What's your anticipation for second quarter? Do you think we we'll would be able to consolidate the gains we saw in the first
5: quarter? Well, everything's been equal. If, if there are no significant surprises or shocks, uh, we'll certainly see improvement. Um, we've seen some credibility uh, come to play with the IMF program, SJA stability, uh, price, some basic price stability. So. I think uh, the next quarter would certainly be much better. If you look at last quarter of 2022 and first quarter of 2023, we can see improvements, and, and I expect that going into second quarter uh, or this second quarter, some improvement, though maybe much now, will be recorded.
4: Professor
3: Peter Corte, I appreciate uh, your time with us this afternoon, Director of the uh, Institute of let's called Social and Economic Research, thank you so much. Let's move on to other news. The Ghana Cocoa Board, together with other cocoa-producing countries uh, on the continent, will be establishing an African cocoa exchange to help the continent have some control over pricing of the commodity. The exchange will function as an international marketing platform for financing and trading cocoa proceeds. Chief Executive of Cocoa Board, Joseph wine Edu explained the importance of the move at the opening of a stakeholder's workshop on the feasibility studies for the Afghan Cocoa Exchange
6: the move is expected to give some confidence to producers over the pricing of cocoa in the world market since africa is the largest producer presently there are only two international markets new york and london which makes it difficult for cocoa farmers in africa to bargain for a better pricing according to the chief executive of Cocoa board joseph Bwine edu the outcome of the workshop on the feasibility study will help with the establishment of the exchange he believes this will support the quest for Ghana and other African countries to have some bargaining power on cocoa pricing in the global market.
4: Prices have been detected at the New York market and then the London market. If you have, let's say, Accra or Lagos or Abidjan market, you know, definitely we can have more in the market, And that can definitely change uh, the price regimes that we've been seeing over the years. But besides that... Um, let me indicate that the, the, the platform will also give it the confidence, you know, the strong confidence that uh, we have lacked over the years. The confidence in the sense that...
1: Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count.
5: Escuchas ese rugido
0: Sientes la experiencia de poder La emoción de la libertad Ya estás preparado Para vivir tu nueva aventura Nueva Ram 1500 Hecha para vivir Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC You
4: go into New York market uh, We are going to a consuming environment And uh, for that matter We have you in The market Now if it's based here in Africa I believe our traders can trade properly and better for us.
6: The Minister of Food and Agriculture, Brian Achampon, lauded the initiative and indicated the government's support. He therefore described the establishment of the exchange as a new dawn in Africa's cocoa industry.
4: It could be the beginning of a new chapter in the African cocoa industry's history. We have the opportunity to change our course and revolutionize the cocoa supply chain for delivery of greater value to all actors.
6: All things being equal, the African cocoa exchange will be established this year with Ghana making a move to host the platform.
3: We are going to keep the spotlight on the cocoa sector, which uh, significantly contributes an average of 3.5% of GDP and employs about 17% of the working population in Ghana. Now, despite being one of the largest producers of cocoa worldwide, Ghana is here to tap the full benefits of this lucrative industry because of a number of challenges. In studio with me is co-convener of the Ghana Civil Society Cocoa Platform, Obed Owusu Adai, to discuss this further. Uh, Great to have you in the studio um, as we talk about cocoa production here in Ghana. Tell me um, how you, you would describe the industry's performance over the years. Are we doing well with cocoa, cocoa production?
7: Thank you for having me. Um, so, we need to look at it in two perspectives. Production as in quantity. Mm-hmm. Um, Ghana has been doing pretty okay, just that in a couple of years we have actually dwindled in our productivity. I think a couple of years ago we hit one million metric tons and we're all hailing, we're happy. But for the past few years, we've been producing just around 800,000 metric tons of cocoa. And this year, um, we spoke with the cocoa board, and we don't seem to uh, be on track to get the quantity that we are looking for. There are several factors that are accounting for our inability to produce the quantities that we want.
3: Yeah, so generally, uh, how would you describe the industry uh, in terms of how we are faring right now?
7: For, for the ordinary cocoa farmer with whom we, we associate very well with, we, we are not doing very well. Why do and you say that? The ordinary cocoa farmer is so poor. Um, my grandmother is a cocoa farmer and she is still very poor. And, and, and I'm sure many, many cocoa farmers in Ghana would relate to that. Averagely, um, no cocoa farmer is living on more than $2 a day in Ghana. Um, and then that is the minimum um, money that you should, be, you should be able to earn. Um, additionally, you realize that for a very long time, Ghana, d'Ivoire, and other cocoa producers in Africa, just as the executive and director did say, we have been lagging behind because the prices have been dictated by the international market.
3: Yeah, yeah uh, well, we just saw a story about an Africa cocoa exchange. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, it would resolve some of the issues. But your platform raises concerns about uh, legislation, regulations, and... Uh, policies which are hampering uh, the growth of the cocoa industry tell us about some of the issues that you're, you're concerned about
7: thank you one of the major issues is about cocoa price and how much goes to the cocoa farmer mm. currently and um, per the pprc's regulation the cocoa farmer is to get about not less than 70 percent of the fob price and people usually don't know what goes into the, uh, the fob price educators <laughs> so one so there is an international market price. Mm-hmm. Let's say um, right now it's doing a bit well. It's about three thousand uh, over three thousand dollars per ton. But before they set the market price for the cocoa farmer, um, there are deductions that are made by a cocoa board. Cocoa board does spraying, mass spraying, uh, distribution of fertilizer, and other costs that is associated to their production. They deduct all these things from it, and then they also deduct the LBC margins. Those who go to the the, the countryside to bring the cocoa beans, they, they they pay them from it. So the money that is left. That is what they share between the cocoa farmer and government. And per the statistics, the farmer gets between 68 to 72% of that. The question we should be asking ourselves is the other part that goes to the cocoa board, what happens to that money? That, that's a lot of money. Have you
3: been able to figure that out? Not yet. <laughs> well, um, we just saw a story about an African cocoa exchange, which is supposed to help uh, Farmers have some control over price or producers have control over pricing. Are you um, confident about how this platform will help um, achieve that um, mandate, if you like?
7: I I think it's long overdue. Um, Ghana, Cote d'Ivoire, and African countries. We produce cocoa, but we don't trade in cocoa, or we, there's there's no market in Africa for trading cocoa. So it's either on the London Stock Exchange or the, or the New York Stock Exchange. If this is implemented and implemented very well, then Ghana, Cote d'Ivoire, and other cocoa-producing countries will have control over how we trade our cocoa beans. I think that has been one of the fundamental problems or challenges within our trading of cocoa. But the problems in the cocoa sector is not only about trading, but there is also a supply. Problem. Ghana, Cote d'Ivoire, we are overproducing, and, and that's a fact. This year, we are getting better prices because the production is not too good, and so there is a demand for it. Beyond setting up the well, cocoa exchange, the African cocoa exchange, we also need to look at production. How do we manage our product our production? Should we continue to overproduce and flood the market with cocoa beans, which will um, um, pull down the price? Or do we manage between Ghana and Cote d'Ivoire and see that over three million metric tons that we produce every year we will see look at how we manage that this will require regulation this will require reorienting the cocoa sector which um we believe cocoa board and stakeholders need to start discussing it There need to be a lot more upstream um and processing of cocoa beans. Ghana doesn't process beans. Mm. Only a few chocolate companies are operating in Ghana and most of the things they produce even go to the export market. Uh, one
3: of the reasons Cocoa Board was established to help uh, in the creation of these, um, if you like, industries mm-hmm. so, so that we can process the cocoa. You seem you seemed generally not impressed with the work that Cocoa Board is doing. Maybe it's an exaggeration, yeah. but what are your concerns about how uh, Cocoa Board is carrying out this work?
7: Unfortunately, I, I wouldn't say we don't seem impressed, but we think cocoa can do more. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they are trying, but they are working with a law that was passed in 1981 and um, I think amended somewhere in 1981. Um, the law makes certain provisions that overly g- give too much power to the cocoa board when it comes to processing. For example, if you're a cocoa farmer in Ghana, and you, you produce your own cocoa beans, you cannot put value on your beans. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's just oppose that to a, a plantain farmer. A plantain farmer, you can go to your, your plantain farm, cut your plantain, and process it to um, um, plantain chips and other things. Nobody will, will question you. But with cocoa, when you have produced your beans, you have dried it, you cannot process it. And these are some of the laws that is hindering ability of, of, of the downstream processing of, of beans. We think there should be a lot of... Um, that Cocoa Board should be doing, and it should start from reorienting and retooling the, the legislative um, and framework governing cocoa production in Ghana.
3: Yeah, we, we are working alliance to speak with a farmer, Leticia mm-hmm. Yankee. I, I bet she's also a member of your platform to hear from the farmers and the challenges that they are facing. But um, no, there's this concern that farmers have limited or no voice at all when it comes to pricing of cocoa beans, and why is that the case?
7: Interestingly, there is the PPRC. We should have farmers' representation, but the farmers' representation there are coming from the Koshay, um, which is made up of past um, cocoa farmers, um, best cocoa farmers, and only there's a, a national best cocoa farmer. So that group, have, they form that uh, kind of a very, very secluded association. Directly on the ground, the farmers on the ground who are actually um, um, doing the farming, Every day, they don't seem to have any direct representation. So when we say they don't have representation, it's not like there's no farmer, but those farmers are, are I mean, high-level farmers who are there. Most of them don't even go to the farm themselves.
3: Not the ordinary farmer. Not the ordinary farmer.
7: hard work. Exactly. And, and there's no feedback mechanism. When they go to the PPLC meetings, the discussions that happen, how do they transmit that to the ordinary cocoa farmer? There's no pathway for that to happen.
3: Let's talk about um, taxes, tax Mm -hmm. regulations, because it's one of the key um, issues that you raise as well. What are your concerns with that?
7: So, when I began the the argument, I was saying that 70%, averaging 70% of the FOB price goes to the to the farmer and 30 percent so on, on that 30 percent there is import taxes and all those taxes that government takes from from the farmer the, we, we, we don't particularly have a problem with the tax but what do we do with the taxes that we take every year cocoa board goes to, to the money market to borrow to buy cocoa beans for, but for a very long time mm. we've been taxing the cocoa farmer to the extent that right now the Ghanaian cocoa farmer is poor and Ghana cocoa farmer is only getting 800 cities per bag. Go to our neighbors. Ivory Coast, the uh, average cocoa farmer is getting about 1,500 cities equivalent per bag. In, 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 they are doing around 1,350 Ghana cities equivalent. So you realize that the Ghana cocoa farmer is poor, and he's poor because there's a lot of taxes that the Cocoa Board is taking from them. There are all these projects and programs Cocoa Board is running with the taxes they take from Cocoa. That, um, the the, the um, IMF report is saying that they should even get themselves out of it, um, Cocoa Roots and other things that they are doing which they are taxing the cocoa farmer to fund. And we are saying that the cocoa farmer needs to be able to benefit from cocoa that he is farming. Right. And although we understand that it's a national um, commodity, people need to benefit from it, but the most important person is the cocoa farmer. He needs to benefit. And that's
3: why the farmers are more likely to smuggle their products they produce to other countries or give up their farms
7: for illegal mining, right? Exactly. And early this year, that problem came up. There were a lot of um, cocoa uh, beans that were intercepted in the Togo border and then in the Ivarian border. Ghanaians are taking their beans to Ivory Coast and to Togo. If the price on the local market is not good, that is market forces. They will find a way to smuggle it outside. And we just came from the Western region, where farmers are giving their lands to illegal miners, we, we, luckily for us we went to a, the it's executive. Very serious. Yeah, we went to the director of the Ghana Cocoa Initiative, and he saw it first time. And we spoke with farmers; they are giving their lands to um, 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 illegal miners. Uh, well, let's
3: talk about solutions. Um, you, you're seeking. You, I, I heard you talk about legislation. You're seeking amendments to that. You're seeking amendments to the tax regulations as well. Tell us about that.
7: Great. So we are saying that currently there are a lot of issues that are happening within the cocoa space that require a multi-stakeholder approach to, to dealing with. We are not just calling for a legal review. We are saying that let's begin to talk. Let's let's have consensus. Let's let's table the issues that need to be revised or we need to reform and let's have conversation on it. Let's start from there. When we start from there, the issues of um, legal problems, the policy inaccuracies and all that will come up and then we can find a solution to it. Again, we are saying that the cocoa farmer, doesn't deserve to be overtaxed. Um, I've been to the cocoa board offices, and you realize that there are hundreds of workers, hundreds of thousands of workers there, who are taking a lot of money. But the cocoa farmer, who with whom uh, they are getting the money from, he remains poor in the village. So, what is the incentive for them to continue doing the cocoa? They would rather sell it to the oil palm uh, producer, or they will sell it to, uh, they will convert it to oil palm, or convert it to. Rubber that has started happening in the western region. People are converting their farms to oil palm and they are converting it to rubber. If we are not careful, cocoa, which has become the backbone of Ghana's economy for a very long time, remember when mm. we we're waiting for the IMF um, conversation, we we're all waiting for the syndicated loan, cocoa syndicated loan to come in to exactly. solve problems. If we are not careful, we are going to lose that opportunity.
3: Right? Um, have the conversations begun with the various stakeholders?
7: Not yet, but we are hoping that. Cocoa board and the private sector will, begin, will realize the need to begin the conversation. Um, under the auspices of the EU, there was this sustainable cocoa dialogue that started, but it got to a point um, we've not really continued the conversation. I think that was a great mm. entry point that we get the EU, we get the other develop, the developing partners to come together and support in creating that multi-stakeholder platform where stakeholders right. were engaged. And oh, also a direct co-convener of the Ghana Civil Society
3: Cocoa platform. I appreciate your time with us. Um, let's have a conversation soon. Hopefully things will be much better. And that's The Marketplace. Thanks for watching, everyone. There is more news on our website, myjawonline.com, for a slash business. Uh, there you go. and bank loans to be exempted from debt restructuring. You can read more about that, myjawonline.com, for a slash business. My name is Daryl we'll, We will be back same time tomorrow.